People say you, you have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing, and it's totally true. And the reason is because it's so hard that if you don't, any rational person would give up. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Cozy Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Tabby, hitting you with a brief intro. Before we get into the episode about passion with the guests for this episode, I wanted to have a yarn with Kai, as the Cozy Corner Podcast is heavily, heavily affiliated with the SASA project. So I'm here with Kai, as I said, one half of the architects of the project. Kai, how are you going? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty, you keep gassing me up on this project. I, I appreciate it, but um, yeah. Hey, credit where credit is due. I mean, you and Dion set up the Say So project, so I've got to give you guys a due. Damn, that's nice. That's nice. Exactly. It's been a busy month for Say So project. April, May, lockdown. What were you finding amongst the responses for the class of 2020? What was happening? Any general trends? Uh, a lot of general trends. Um, I'll probably just go through like a few of them right now, if you don't mind. It's just uh, a lot more journaling overall. You know, people are journaling for a lot longer, uh, a lot more words. I think people are actually talking a little bit slower as well, so less words per minute. Um, but uh, in the end, I think we had uh, just about four hours worth of audio, um, which is just people freely journaling um, and recording their thoughts throughout lockdown. And I mean, through the throughout the transition, level one, two, and three, exactly. and four, um, so yeah, a lot of young people around New Zealand were just really focused on the ascent of home, um, trying to find their passions, um, and then just kind of finding their way in disruption. So yeah. Exactly. I mean, you talk as though you said, you have to think about four hours as though I didn't crunch the numbers myself. Like, like Whoa. give me my bro. Whoa, nah, I don't. Nah, bro, the spreadsheet, bro, my Excel spreadsheet man. you know, the spreadsheets speak for themselves, but you know, the, the, the at the end of the day, Tabby, you know, these, the, the class 2020 is doing their work. Exactly. Um, yeah. and, and whether we crunch the numbers or not, they, you know, they, they deserve some applause for that. Exactly, so. 100%. And I think you could just see that the lockdown period was just a really tough time for people. It was a lot of time, a lot of introspective thoughts amongst the class. Yeah, no, like so many different thoughts. Um, we just heard it from like you know our case manager dion you know just vast variety exactly. just a vast variety and i mean that just goes to show the diversity that we have in class 2020 i don't want to get too much into it obviously but you'll probably see it in our project and in the videos and stuff that we release um later on you know we just released something from molly mermaid as well exactly. um yeah just just some amazing amazing thoughts and, and journals Exactly, I think just like really unique experiences. I think, of course, you were obviously stuck in your physical bubble, but maybe your your internet bubble of the people that you were you were kind of interacting with. But as you said, because of the diversity of the class, you got to hear so many different diverse opinions, and which a, is honestly incredible. A lot quicker as well than I would have thought. You know, people were people were on that train of thought quicker than you know I realized it myself. So. Yeah, yeah, young people are really the future in New Zealand, and they and they realizing a lot more stuff about isolation than, than we ever did. Exactly, and they really came through. But we could sit here and talk about the class of 2024 hours of We really hours, could, we really I could. Just quickly want to thank them for the, for all their journey that they're doing there, being so brave and honest and raw with their, with their thoughts and opinions, and I really want to thank them. But 
We'll now move on to the Cozy Corner episode with Young Matt. Make sure you follow him at Y-O-U-N-G-M-A-T-T-N-Z. That's Young Matt N-Z. He has a podcast series and it's just a creative and his kind of core purpose is to make politics that little bit more accessible for New Zealanders, which I think is an incredible purpose and one which everybody should back because we should all be uh, civically engaged. While he goes as Matthew Casey and Young Matt, a couple of my favourite titles for him are Young Matt, aka Lockdown's Hottest Home Baker, or aka the best golfer to come out of St. Peter since Frank Nobolo. If you're confused, you've got to hit him up on Spotify, Apple Music. But without further ado, you'll now hear me pick up the conversation with Young Matt where we talk about all things passion. How did you feel when you woke up in the morning? Take me through it. What was your Wednesday like? Bro, it was actually pretty crazy. So I woke up to a phone call. Oh, really? And so that definitely kickstarts your day in a way that you, I guess you don't intend when you're planning on just rolling out of bed for the day. Uh, and it was a phone call about some, I guess, young Matt stuff to get an interview sorted. And at 9am, it was just kind of smacked me in the face, but in a good way, woke me up, got me on my way. And so, yeah, it was, it was weirdly positive for getting woken up to a phone call. In short, I would describe you as someone who might be New Zealand's biggest fan. You're someone who has a lot of varied passions. But if I was to go through a list of kind of passions that I have from my research that I've done, I'd say, and you can tell me if I'm correct on this, New Zealand, basketball, rugby league, politics, WWE, and my special favourite, which I'd love for you to express, um, Australian 10-pin bowler Jason Belmont. And how, let me know about that passion. Jason Belmonte. Belmonte, there we go, it's my bad. Belmo, okay, so this is a wild one. I think, so me and my cousin Finn got real into temp and bowling. We weren't that, like, great, but every holidays from the ages of, like, 14 onwards, or younger, let's go back to, like, 11. I'll wind it even further back. So our whole life, the school holidays is you go, we go with our grandma, to Temple Bowling, and then from Temple Bowling, we go out to lunch at the hangar out in uh, West Auckland. Yeah. But he's this dude from small town Australia who bowls with two hands. Yeah. And that, at the point in time, is a revolutionary concept. I have since adopted bowling with two hands. <laughs> this dude was just, he's kind of like a bit of swagger, and then I've got this, since being born in Sydney, I've got this obsession with Australian, kind of Australiana sports yeah. and all that stuff as you're saying, with rugby league and all that. So then I just kind of gravitated to the character. And he had these funny videos like about how his whole life... He's got this made-up condition where he can only use his two hands. Yeah. Did you ever meet him? So there's this Australian folks, folk rock singer called Paul Kelly who's got a song, From St Kilda to King's Cross. Yeah. So I being the... I just having this weird interest and stuff like that, I then mapped out a family road trip from St Kilda two kings cross which is <laughs> melbourne to sydney so you hold on hold on you made your family go from melbourne to sydney to meet no nah. so nah. that's separate but we did that because our whole family like loves that song yeah and there's nothing in between melbourne and sydney there, it's, it's a thing called the hume highway which yeah. is people mock it for being one of the worst stretches of road like yeah. you know there's nothing really in, in your way yeah 
but there is a lot of stuff there's a lot of like folk legend stuff all the stuff that i was real interested in yeah. this australian outlaw ned kelly where he was from and there's the small town of orange which jason belmonte's parents set up the orange bowling alley and that's where he learned to bowl growing up yeah the town's also famous for australian poet banjo patterson man's just hitting us with facts upon facts so, yeah. for this town and so we go there as a stop because where else do you stop and so between I, melbourne and sydney yeah yeah and so i go to the bowling alley where belmo's family owns it and everything and i was just like in seventh heaven i sadly lost that day like to my family which was quite embarrassing after being the kid that brought them halfway <laughs> across the country just to you know go to this lane exactly yeah sadly he wasn't there oh. and his mum had ran out of signed postcards but she then gifted us a bunch of t-shirts he's in he's a bit of an enigma he's got his own ipod game for like temp and bowling oh really so he's like invested in the business of temp and bowling yeah like he's he's like won the world champs oh so he's it's like a, oh, okay yeah. maybe maybe the youngest world champ in yeah. pba history with two hands yeah with two hands as well before we get into more passions i think it's important to look at the literature so i found a quote from I'm a, and I'm going to try not butcher this, Terry Trispicio from a TED Talk where she talks about her definition of passion. Passion is not a job, a sport, or a hobby. It is the full force of your attention and energy that you give to whatever is right in front of you. And if you're so busy looking for this passion, you could miss opportunities that change your life. You could also miss out on great love. Because that's what happens when you have tunnel vision, trying to find the one. So we've just heard an incredible definition of what passion means to Terry. So I guess I'd ask you, based off that, what does, what does passion mean to you when you think of passions? I think passion is just like what you put your heart into. And I thought it was quite interesting there how she's kind of saying, it, you know, it's not the singular passion. And that's something that I think is easy to get kind of kind of like like stressed out over is that the passion has to be like this one thing and you have to pour your all into it but for me I guess passion yeah it's just what you put your heart into it's what can actually excite you and what do you feel stoked with at completion because mm, I think there's definitely a tendency especially when you've say just left high school and you're going to university you've got to study what you're passionate about there's there's different lines of thinking with that, right? Because I guess for me, my parents were like, you're going to study engineering, law or medicine without taking into consideration what I actually wanted to do. And if you'd asked me what I was passionate about in year 13, it was basketball, right? So it's quite hard to know at that point what your passion is and I guess what it's going to be for the rest of your life. Because I mean, your passions are quite varied. So have they kind of come about at different points in time in your life and how have they and the ones that I listed, would you say they are your passions or just interests? Weirdly, I think I might adopt it from this, is that they're not interests and they are passions and that's like stuff I'm interested in becomes a passion. And I think it evolves from there. It's like you're interested in something, but then I guess there's that curiosity to have like as much knowledge on it as possible or just consume it so much that it ends up becoming a passion because it becomes such a big part of your life picking one of your it, it's funny that we talk about how you don't need to pick a passion but picking one of them which i guess is new zealand politics and new zealand music 
where do you think that stemmed from? Because from listening to a lot of your material, I'd say a lot of it's from your parents and their interest in that and how it's kind of manifested itself in you. So would that be... I don't know where it actually came from, but their interest in politics is weirdly a personal one. Were you interested in it at school? Did you... Yeah, I think it maybe even comes from like a less serious thing. So like I'm real in, like into say like pro wrestling and like uh, my favorite... You know, like my favorite member of the Bulls was probably Dennis Rodman. Yeah. I would, at a point, Topical. liked that kind of internet hip-hop, but more towards riffraff rather than meaningful stuff. Yeah. I kind of like these big personalities and all of that stuff. And politics with the likes of Winston Peters and stuff definitely offers that. And you can criticize, because that's when politics is at its worst is when it's the closest to this theater these over-the-top personalities and everything like that. And I think that's what first drew me into politics. And so, because there's political hobbyists out there who are into politics just because it's, like, exciting. And I think I may have started as that, but then quickly learned, damn, this stuff actually matters. Every choice made higher affects you in, like, way too many ways for what, you know, for Mm. you to not care about it. New Zealand music's real buzzy is that pretty much growing up in like, just like in my dad, you know, my dad's car, him playing music, whether that be Tom Petty, you've got the Pogues, like older Irish music, and then a lot of local like bands from when he was growing up. And then just, I don't know, like, it's might even just listening to the radio and stuff like that i always kind of gravitated towards the new zealand music and that's like you know my brothers would have the fast crew cd all four people all the other four people in my household definitely opened me up to new zealand music and maybe without intention like caused me to be really into new zealand music yeah and the whole i guess it overlaps with the politics is like how it actually affects you like new zealand music is our music it also offers us the opportunity to support locals and other people you know just having a crack and i think that's something you know they tell our stories they're a part of our communities you know new zealand musicians really just are new zealand musicians music in general is is definitely a medium for expressing political views as well my focus more is in hip-hop in america i mean historically the genesis of rap music hip-hop music is from people who've been oppressed and they're trying to express their views and unfortunately a lot of people might disagree with the music but at the end of the day it's those people's lived experiences right so that's why i think music will always have an important part in people's lives and it's it's honestly an incredible art form in my opinion yeah, and that's like I listen to a lot of like non-New Zealand music, but it's just that it's that it's that no place like home type feel. Is that nothing is at nothing is as close to you as like local music? I yeah. Think. So, given your comment around, you feel as though politics is at its worst when it's when it's got the big personalities, etc. Would you or would you? Well, I'll I'll rephrase that. So yeah. it's, and I actually got this from a dude I was talking to today about how. Politics should, so this is referencing it to pro wrestling. Politics should be people working for the best outcome for their their nation, their state, their locality. But when it's bad is when the personality becomes more than the policy and you, I guess, you know, 
you're focusing on politics for all the wrong reasons rather than it actually being something about helping your life. Would you say that we as a country are kind of teetering to that point? I think it's not as much of a problem in New Zealand. and But like that's, you look throughout history, you've got Rob Muldoon's, you've yeah. got like personalities always will exist and they'll always thrive. And to, that is great. That's all, you know, awesome for these people and it can actually help create good political change, having a good like voice. And I think New Zealand, there's the opportunity for it to get bad, but I think New Zealand is currently quite good in terms of that, pretty much. Yeah. So my question to you is at what point did the interest in New Zealand music and New Zealand politics go from an interest to something that you wanted to actively pursue, jump onto salient, talk about, maybe do some writing about, have a podcast around it, right? Because I think you'll find there are a lot of people out there in society who have a lot of interests in whatever that may be, but trying to manifesting that into a way that they want is, is quite a difficult thing to do so how did you kind of go about that I, I was very fortunate to just end up in like i was quite lucky yeah so um i started off i was i was volunteering for an mp because i was you know started doing political science and media studies at uni with the idea like oh some like this is going to be cool whatever way it turns out and then I started volunteering for this MP, you know, to get a grasp of the whole situation and kind of understand everything that's going on. Thought that was cool. And so I'd have to wear a suit to go to um, Parliament. Yeah. And so I was wearing the suit and I looked like, I guess, a stereotypical young gnat. <laughs> I had my backpack. And so I kind of, a bit of a parody was like, young Matt, the young gnat. Oh. And then so I'm doing these... And Instagram it's stories, gold. and then through the Instagram stories, I just kind of got real into it, and I was fortunate enough that the bros from the B room were like, "Oh, yo, young Matt, come on our like have." I think I may have initiated what I I ended up on the B room having a interview and like talking about music and stuff like that on Sailing FM. Yeah, and then it was like, "Oh, damn, that was cool." I'm going to now apply to have a show. And then that kind of just gave me the opportunity to play tons of music and talk about New Zealand politics. And so through all that, I believe I was fortunate enough that it just kind of, it worked for me because I was being into New Zealand politics and New Zealand music. It kind of was just the perfect opportunity for me to really push all of that. Did you, were there any other kind of methods you pursue this through say in high school or is this the first iteration of matt pursuing these passions of his that, that's a great question there tabby growing up i was the lead singer of a band in primary school called Ooh. caution and so i was you Can know a pu couple bars puberty hit bro I, <laughs> I lost i lost that voice hey, i got you i used to be in the school choir and then puberty hit and it's just it was the end of that yeah i don't even know if i had a voice then but people were nice <laughs> to me so it was good. And then even throughout high school, I ended up like making a rap persona called Neon Prince. So I've just always kind of had that interest. Been fortunate enough to play like one or two shows. Ooh, tell me about them shows. Where where were they? So one, I, so I've, I've performed probably like three times. So yeah. school talent show. Yeah. And then at um, this gig in Wellington, um, I like came on for one song at the show at meow because i'd made music with the guys performing oh, okay yeah 
So I was fortunate enough to do that. And then in my first year of uni, the bro Jackson, shout out, aka Swank, he asked me to kind of come along and we did a set at this, at I believe it's UFO in Avondale. And damn, that was just like crazy. It was like an all ages type show. And it was just real grassroots. Shout out to the boys who put that on. Shout out Tundra Color. All of you guys, legendary show out in Avondale. And that was like, there was like 200 people just in this like, it was just unreal. It's real weird. Performing live is like, it gives you the weirdest, like the greatest sense of just stokedness. How so? Is it because this is your art that you're expressing? Is it because people are willing to maybe pay to come and hear you speak about your life experiences? I think it's got to do with just like energy is like if people if people are vibing with what you're doing i think in life in general if people are vibing with what you're doing it makes you quite happy when that energy's there you just like love it and so there was a that's why i'm shouting out all the dudes who put on those shows because they created this awesome vibe and i was fortunate enough to be on stage and like in and amongst it what made you stop the rap persona because we people sometimes say find a passion and then for some reason or another they kind of stop pursuing it like for me i used to love cricket in high school but now i vaguely have an interest in it same with me in football so i wanted to ask you with neon prince what made you stop or is there a neon prince release coming soon like what's what's the haps on neon prince i think i kind of did like my first stuff when i was like 15 16 maybe even 17 and then since then, I've just been built up saying like, oh, I'm going to do it. Oh, yeah. like, and it's going to go down. And so I think that might be the thing which happens with a lot of passions. But I guess it ended up being a fading passion, but just not having the time. Yeah. And that, yeah. And then also, yeah, just like not really finding it the best. Like, yeah, just not having the time because, you know, you're at high school, you're trying to become a like become a good sportsman or you become a prefect or anything like that that just ends up consuming your time yeah like you're at some grandparents dinner like you know on your tuesday night and then you've got homework to do as well you just end up in yeah i think there was something real weird with like towards the end of high school is that it really took a lot of just your the time time yeah, yeah. So would it be something that you could potentially pick up in the future or is it is like the young Matt kind of like podcast? Is that the focus for now? It's the focus for now. I like writing yeah. stuff and I guess like more towards like I've recently like been writing poems for Salient. And so I think that's something real buzzy is just like, it's definitely there. And like that's, I'm real into music and like, I'd love to make music with like, you know, quite a few of my friends who are like all real talented, but it just hasn't kind of clicked, I guess, yeah. as of recent. Yeah. It's definitely open door there. Yeah. And it's interesting that you, that you kind of say that it's, it's kind of like a bit of a, a, a fading passion per se. Cause I think if I like to kind of go back to the, to the literature, if I like to contrast it with a quote from a Ted talk, I'm leery of passion for a few reasons, but one of them is that passion is not a plan. It's a feeling, and feelings change. They do. You can be passionate about a person one day, and a job, and then not passionate the next. 
We know this, and yet we continue to use passion as the yardstick to judge everything by instead of seeing passion for what it really is, the fire that ignites when you start rubbing sticks together. When you hear that quote from Terry, would you say that for you, the music, as a kind of combination of, say, the time, but just the passion fading away, the fire, I guess to steal her quote, um, the fire that ignited wasn't really there anymore? I think the fire was still there. Still but there, yeah. We kind of talk about it as I think other passions started to yeah. sprout. Yeah. And so I was more interested in a lot of other stuff that didn't, that ended up minimizing that passion. Yeah. I think that's the thing is you like, there's only so much fire to go around. So you can't be, you can't have full stuff going all around you. Mm. You kind of need to, peter out somewhere to go harder somewhere else of course and i think it's it's definitely a journey right like when you're younger you may have passion xyz but then obviously as you get older develop mature and just learn about different things in society different things will become your passion yeah because that's something real interesting is when i was throughout high school and shout out to my parents for actually kind of supporting me with all these weird ideas (laughs) there was a point i want to become a barber i got real obsessed with that idea and i thought that was real cool it wasn't practical. I, I, I need glass. You know, I don't have the coordination <laughs> to do something like that. But then... Have you ever cut people's hair? Yeah. I used to do like my cousin Finn's and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I was that good. <laughs> I, was, I was real into it and I thought it was the coolest thing. And then go on, you know, for a week there, I really want to be a dentist. Yeah. But then I found out you had to do all three sciences in high school. So I was like, oh, <laughs> maybe not that. Yeah. And then I wanted to go radio school. And I really wanted to go radio school. And then... My mom was like, yeah, like, that sounds cool. But then I evaluated it and I was like, oh, maybe not. And then the, you know, now I'm trying to like, I was, I was trying to like probably work for a politician, like leaving high school. I was like, oh, that would be cool. You know, work in an offer. Like that would be, you know, help, help a cause that I care about, stuff like that. And then since I guess, you know, that's evolved and now I'm like traversing whatever the hell I'm doing right now. And it's just like... I don't know. I think I've, I've been fortunate enough to see those passions and like kind of explore them without having to, you know, like I was, I'm able to give time to see if that stuff was my go. Yeah. And I think when I kind of look at a bit of a pan of the passions that you had, I think a lot of it and kind of the passions you're manifesting now, a lot of them relate around just art and kind of pursuing art wanting to put yourself out there i mean with the music with the writing that you're doing now with salient with young matt show of course it's kind of art and then when i think of one of the entries you had in the say so project recently it's literally all about art and kind of on a personal note when you go through high school and you think of creatives that's kind of only thought of through a lens of say a musician or an artist physically drawing or painting or through drama, because those are the only the only arty kind of subjects that were that that we had at the school that I went to. But as you get older, you realize there are so many different fields of creativity that you can express yourself in. So, like, po- of course, podcasting wasn't even a thing when I mean maybe it was a thing in America, but when I was in high school, I never even considered doing a podcast. Versus now, you have podcasts. I'm on a podcast now, so it's it's just interesting how these kind of po- these passions manifest in different ways. Yeah, I want to shout out Louisa Wall, Labor MP. I remember talking to her, and she told me this idea about how everyone like on a rugby field is an artist and they you know it's their craft if you think of it like that people use that word craft real you know real liberally 
but craft is art and like they're creating something and you know their timings on point all of this stuff and i think that's like if you're i look at like the journalistic realm and you if you view someone like nardwa or john campbell and you really look in there's a whole art to what they're doing exactly and i think that's real yeah the idea that creatives actually can be more than just what you would put in quotes yeah i think that's so true the scope of what we'd include as under creative is expanding rapidly and in school i imagine they now offer a number of different things that they didn't offer when we were back in high school but as i mentioned before we'll now listen to a little snippet from esperanza who's a member of the class of 2020 in the say so project who answers the question what uh, would you say is one of your passions art is what came to mind whether that's visiting art galleries, learning about artists, or contributing to art in my own way. I love the ballet, opera, music, live music, writing, poetry, any art form. I think it, yeah, it's a very special way of looking into someone else's view of the world. You're given the opportunity to look at their stories, witness and admire and form an opinion on the experience that they're trying to share with you. When it comes to my own art, um, it keeps me sane. It's time for myself. It's an expression of what I'm thinking. It's recognising and remembering past experiences and depicting them in either a sane, the same or an imagined way. It is something that has definitely come in handy in uh, this COVID-19 isolation period. And at other times in my life when I've felt overwhelmed with what's going on in life or even further beyond my life and what isn't controllable. What made you want to put your art out there into the world? Because some people have the idea around they're doing the art for themselves versus some people may on the other end of the continuum might decide I'm gonna I'm doing my art for other people so where would you sit on that kind of scale and why why did you make the decision to put your art out there into the universe so I think specifically with the young man stuff it's like the reason half the push is to get people like myself engaged in politics and so the whole point of it is actually for others it's to try to show others that politics is accessible and if it doesn't seem accessible, like at least like, you know, these politicians are humans, you know, behind it all. And I think that's, yeah, it's like, I get like, I'm stoked as one of my mates the other day said, like he had this fully formed political opinion and he's someone who you'd stereotypically think wouldn't really care that much. About politics, yeah. And so that's why I was like, you know, that got me stoked. I was like, damn this is exactly what i'm trying to do and that's what's happened so i think it's definitely that like i guess that's what i'm you know the stuff i'm currently doing is for both myself and others like when i'm talking to a politician i'm excited as hell i like when you have someone that you remember seeing from the tv on backbenches or you know i've been fortunate like yeah just talking to people that excite me and then able to pass that on to others as well. When you 
are interviewing someone, there's a balance between expressing your own ideas and then allowing the guests to express themselves. So do you find it, say, difficult sometimes when you may have a political opinion to rein it in? Because I know you want to, the aim of the show is to keep it apolitical so that people from all political points of view can come and listen and say, learn something. So do you find it difficult to keep your opinion in in check? It hasn't got to that point, but there's definitely times where someone said something and I've just like disagreed with it. But I also kind of, I, I, I enjoy hearing people out and understanding their side. So I think that's a big thing is rather than me, if I fully disagree with someone, they're actually allowing me to understand their perspective better through talking to me. And I think that's a very big thing that if, yeah, if I blatantly don't agree, I'm only just going to take it in to learn what that other side is thinking. Mm. And then I try to, if someone's being like way too off kilter, I'll try to make it chill and I'll try to kind of bring up the other side if I oppose or even if I don't oppose, if I fully agree with them, I still want to try to bring up the other side and not get too impassioned about it because then I guess it kind of loses the whole point of what I'm trying to do. And I'm trying to make politics just a bit more accessible. Mm. You try and put their opinion, not necessarily on a pedestal, but on a platform. Like you're facilitating the process of getting their opinion out there to maybe a group of New Zealanders who wouldn't, as you said, be politically inclined. My passion for people to hear what they're saying outweighs my passion to call them out. That I want these voices to be heard and heard in a certain way so I think I'm way more interested in that aspect than imposing my own beliefs on both them and the listener. And the listeners, yeah. As someone who might align with Esperanza's perspective on passions because she has such a varied portfolio of them, would you say that podcasting is actually your passion or is it just the medium with which you're using now? I do listen to a lot of podcasts, but I... That's the thing. So I yeah, currently podcast, that's the process that I've fallen into. And that's you gotta enjoy your process to enjoy whatever else comes with it. Yeah. And I do enjoy able to do the research and then I guess something that podcasting versus a visual thing, it actually allows you a lot of flexibility in how you go about stuff. So you can do it in someone's office, you could be in someone's lounge, you can meet them anywhere and not have to rely on the fact that you need to get good footage and sadly sometimes the audio quality isn't all there because you can't hear it it, but it's not it hurts but you are able to actually be quite universal with it and not have to like if you know if it's a call i might not even have to like i could just roll out of bed and not have to do much at all Mm. and i don't have to actually look good or be on top of my hand movements and stuff like that because it's purely through the medium of voice. Yeah. Do you feel as though, because you would say that this is the Young Matt's your side hustle currently, because of course your university is your main hustle. Do you feel as though a passion has to be your work? That Because I think there's a mentality that you need to do what you do during the day for to make ends meet, for money purposes, to keep a, a roof over your head, needs to be your passion. Do you feel as though that is the case? I did that when you were deciding what you wanted to study at university. Was it a decision around what you were passionate about or was it a decision around, say, what can give me a good opportunity at employment? Uh, definitely on the passion end. I've, 
I know like a few people who kind of went more towards their what can get them a lifestyle. And, and of they, course, the best thing would be something, say, that can get you a lifestyle and you're passionate about, right? Like that's the perfect medium. Yeah, but. and that's, well, currently with everything happening, a job in media is not looking like a very <laughs> appealing job. That was pretty tough at this current point in time, but unfortunately. I was, unfortunately, I'd seen a few people go to uni and pretty much do it and just kind of realize it wasn't their passion. So I was on the back of that able to understand that you probably should actually do something that interests you rather than just doing a BCom because that's what you're told to do and that's what everyone else is doing. Yo, are you throwing shade at BComs? No, sorry. No, nah, I started BCom, but I mean, if I'm honest, it was, it's not my passion. Like I, I'm i saying that shout out a lot of... I know a few people who love their BCom stuff. Oh, absolutely. Of course. And there's a few people who have sadly been told that becomes the way to go because, yeah. you know, you want to You can get, get a job in business or whatever. Yeah. And I think, shout yeah, actually, yeah, shout out everyone's degrees. <laughs> and for me personally, the political science media study stuff is the stuff that interests me. Like the kids doing law who actually really want to make a change or they're really interested in it. It's the perfect thing for them to do. Exactly. But sadly, you find a lot of kids do whatever papers and then go, oh, maybe this isn't for me. I I started studying psych in first year. Oh, really? And that was because I, across the board, I was like, well, I really like humans and how do I best help people and stuff like that. I was like, this is definitely an avenue to go down. And then after the first year, I was just like, oh, maybe not my go. And I was lucky enough to have those other ones to kind of fall back on or go to go further towards where like that's I'm guilty. Like I'm I've done it myself. I went for something and then kind of found out it wasn't for me. Yeah. And I think that's something which is it's quite hard to deal with that. You know, your perfect idea doesn't work how you wanted it to. Mm. Because I think there's this mentality that you need to, that if you don't pursue your passion and it doesn't work out, that you've kind of failed in a sense, right? That success is, that success in life will be like if you pursue your passion and it comes to complete fruition as you, as how you wanted it. But often that isn't necessarily the case. And that's, I think, falling in love with the process is the thing. Yeah. The outcome, whether it comes or not, what you want, if you're enjoying yourself along the way, then I believe that's how it's worth it. Because you could do something, like let's say you want to become the Prime Minister of New Zealand. You you have to be the number one out of five million people. Exactly. Wanting to create change, that might end up being what gets you going. When you stop falling in love with the process, it just gets way harder. I think that's a very good point about enjoying enjoying the process because sometimes the end result is going to be out of your control right oh i think 99 percent of the time in life it is out of your control and there's you know all these factors that may help you or may disadvantage you but as long as you're happy with like the process i say that because that is what it is you gotta actually enjoy what you're doing rather than what you think it could end up leading to Mm. if you were going to give someone a bit of advice who was thinking of say who has a passion but isn't and is, might be thinking of putting themselves out there in any way shape or form what would you kind of say to them because for you you put yourself out there in many different forms as a musician performing on stage um, writing poems for salient as a podcast this what would you, i guess you say to someone who might be kind of internalizing the passion and not expressing it in the way that they might want to 
I think a big thing is like, like just try. I think trying is the hugest thing and even doing a bit of research into what you think might be your go is a huge benefit because if you decide one thing's what you want to do and then you don't really, you know, you just kind of feel as though it's being pushed away, at least like having an understanding because you might actually not like that. And then once you get the ability to do it, you'll just be like, oh, what the hell? Like, this isn't my go. I think... And I can understand there's a lot of environments where it's a lot harder to be able to have a crack and express yourself and all that stuff. And I think it's, uh, yeah, in a perfect world, I'm saying have a crack, but I understand it might be too hard to be able to do that. And then in that case, I think still just try to explore it in whatever way you can. 100%. And I think looking back at Esmeralda Snippet, how... Is when it goes to the ballet. Like, for example, if ballet was your passion, it might be a good idea to go to like a couple shows to see whether it could be something you might want to do. Obviously, I'm for giving everything a go, but it's important to try and see what's been done before to try and get an understanding of whether it could be for you, you know? Yeah, and I think also the thing with trying is actually actually, like actually trying. Yeah. Because I've definitely tried a few things throughout the years and then not actually given it enough of a crack to understand whether it was cool or not. Because sometimes it can be lame for the first like week. You know, a key one is I'm trying to learn an instrument. You're not performing guitar solos in the first week. You're not able to do like for release within a day. It's actually, you know, a lot of effort to get you there. And so I think if you actually give yourself enough time, you know, learning that one song, like learning how to play the guitar to forget about Dre that's what can actually get you excited. But if you're giving up before you even learn the first chord, then I think you miss your opportunity to actually experience it. It kind of makes you think back to what Terry said in the TED Talk about it being the fire that ignites maybe. And it might be that in that case, in your search, and this is in air quotes, your search for passion, you find that it's not something that you're passionate about, right? Because yeah. if it's, cause ideally, if it is something that you are passionate about, it might be that you're... You'll go through the weeks upon weeks of failing the last chord to forgot about Dre on the keyboard or on the guitar. It's it's tough though because on one hand we're saying maybe that you should be, you try to be committed to it, and make sure you put everything into it. But at the end of the day, if it's not something that you're passionate about to the point where you can and you just do it automatically, then maybe it's not something which you're passionate about. And you know, because it's not as though there is just one passion that you have. I mean, you're living proof of the fact that people are passionate about a multitude of things. Yeah, and I think, yeah, it's quite fuzzy how you're saying that. Is I guess, yeah, being honest with yourself about it because you can have this idea that, oh, like, say, I really want to become a, a a pro wrestler. And then it's like, well, I really like the idea of becoming a pro wrestler. I want to have sold out Madison Square Garden, all of that cool but stuff. But do I actually want do, to Do be... I enjoy falling on my back five <laughs> times a day? Exactly. Probably not. Yeah. And so that's, you know, that's, you kind of got to weigh it up like, yeah, is this the go? And I think that's just, yeah, it's, I think, yeah, just being honest with yourself is a huge thing and kind of living, living, like living your truth is the whole go. Is being honest with yourself and being like, yeah, this is the go. And then if something's not cool, be like, actually, I don't enjoy this. 100%. I really like the idea of it, but this just isn't for me. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that sentiment. It's kind of, and through that, you might try a million different things. And you know what? 
that's okay. And I think it's it's also, you know, we're obviously sitting here talking about passion. We don't want to put pressure on people to make sure they go out there and seek and try find it, right? Because as Terry said, if you get tunnel vision, you might end up missing out on what it is. So it's it's quite a difficult thing to find. And, and if I look at myself talking to you, podcasting is a passion of mine now. When I'm 40 years old, it is probably not going to be a passion of mine, right? So it's, it's almost important to be flexible in your pursuit, but then also not pursue it. We're contradicting ourselves a little bit, but it's, yeah. it's tough, right? Yeah, and I think there's also the, like, if you don't have something to try, chill, it's fine. Exactly. It's fine. Don't be like, oh, well, I really need to be finding my thing right now. It's like, like I don't know, just... Because mm, I think that, yeah, there's, as I said, there's a lot of pressure to find that and be the, be the podcast, to be the musician when we're all, I know it's cheesy, but we're all on this journey in life and whatever whatever goes, goes, right? Yeah, and you can't make the call like, Say, you know, growing up at the age of 12, I probably want to play first 15 rugby. But there's, like, I'm not that good at rugby. There's a lot of things in the way of me becoming the captain of the first 15. And that's kind of, you know, being, I was just like, oh, yeah, I don't actually enjoy running around this field and getting tackled. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's the, yeah, it's like that, yeah, what, what it, where we think our dream destination is highly likely not it's not there exactly like there's there's only a handful of those john keys who dream of being prime minister as a kid and then become it and that's on a global scale with everything you've Mm. got to realize how many dudes didn't even make the auckland aces cricket team and they're playing club cricket now and they but they love the sport but if they had only in their head that they were going to become a black cap then you'd like lose it on the way Exactly. Yeah, I completely agree with that. So moving to the end of the episode, we like to ask our guests a couple of questions. Firstly, if there was one thing that people could take away from this interview from Googling young Matt, listening to your episodes, looking at neon prints, what would you want that to be? I kind of want to invoke the question, why does this kid care about New Zealand so much? And I, yeah, that's pretty much it. I want people to be like, damn, that's a real weird thing to be into. Like, why is he so interested in, like, sports, politics, music? And I think that's the takeaway I want from it, is that curiosity, like, what the hell is he up to? So I guess maybe I haven't done my job as an interviewer, but why why do you care so much about those topics? I think I kind of touched on it. It's just like that it is, like, your thing. And that's it's it's my thing. I'll I'll acknowledge that. And your thing can be a lot different. It's just I feel a lot of... You know, whether it's relatability or just shared experience, that's why I really like mess with it. And that's, I've got to acknowledge other people have different things. Like I was say born in Australia. So also quite a bit of passion has been directed towards like weird Australian stuff. You know, that's like rugby league, but that overlaps with the Warriors stuff. It's yeah. It's like, I see New Zealand as my home. And so I've got a big passion just for everything about it. And I definitely am not like, you know, doing the 100% like what I could to help, but I'm just like trying my best along the way. Exactly, exactly. And the last question that we that we ask on these podcasts is, when was your November? And I say November because one of our favorite artists, Tata the Creator, talks about how his November was a moment in his life when everything seemed perfect. He longs for November and it's a metaphor for a better time in your life. So to end the pod on a more positive note, when was your November? Weirdly, I think it's, I'm, I'm in the middle of a November right now. 
This is your November? I, I have a feeling. Like, like this episode is your November? This, <laughs> hey, you're going to say yes, nah, my face, but no. Yes, yes, yes. No, but this is this is a part of the November. Yeah. And so we're doing this now. I'm very lucky to be talking with you. I just today interviewed one of my top five interviews I've wanted to do since the start of the Young Matt stuff. And then I'm lucky enough to be interviewing the Mayor of Wellington within the next week. I just, this week's uh, Salient Magazine, I've got an article in there as well as a poem. I'm just, it's definitely like a real, despite the fact that a lot of stuff's actually quite stink and I'm like acknowledging that even in my own life there is quite a bit of stink stuff happening. In a weird like, if I look at it and I think what's happening right now, I'm definitely having a great time and I'm very grateful for currently what I'm going through and able to have got say interviews with the likes of Jess B who I'd never think of being able to talk to Shane Jones I'm just I was very lucky to get these people that I'm very interested in like I think Jess B's great talented musician and a lot of people should know her story and listen to her music and so I was very fortunate to have a yarn with her and just get a better understanding of her and that's just everything happening at the moment i'm definitely i just got a text from the bro Carew, and he's in wellington for the weekend and he just arrived tonight yeah i got the homie peter's birthday tomorrow like it's gonna be a good time we've just got that 100 person exactly event announcement and so uh, there's just a lot of little things that's feeling real good at the moment hey that's beautiful that the fact that you're that you're going through your november now like i look forward to seeing that november say in the young match show or in anything that you produce or do or, or do because being in in your november just allows you to just i don't know feel your most powerful you know and that's that's so so cool yeah and that's also i think you, you like you'd understand you there's definitely a few novembers in your life i'd say so yeah, yeah. you know what well, there's a november comes every year like that's <laughs> There is a cycle of Novembers, and I think, damn, like, there's been times where the Novembers have been very far apart. Yeah. And that's with everyone. But there's times when the Novembers are overlapping. Is you can't even Overlapping, tell. exactly. And you can only tell when you look at it kind of retrospectively, right? Yeah. Exactly. And that's because um, when I was interviewing Kai and Blu-ray, yeah. they kind of mentioned the November thing, and it got me real thinking, when do you know when you're in a November? And so since we've been talking about this episode i kind of was thinking i was like damn maybe maybe right now is actually a good time maybe i should actually kind of be happy with how things are going exactly that's so true because i mean we always everyone gets too caught up in life at some points in time so it's important to take a take a step back to kind of reconsider things so i completely agree with you on that point if people wanted to reach out to you to ask you about your november ask you about your passions where can they do so so you can find me on spotify and apple podcasts under the young matt show and that's just me talking to a bunch of people trying to get the youth of aotearoa new zealand engaged in politics and in the only way i can try my best exactly and you can also find me on instagram at young matt nz y-o-u-n-g-m-a-t-t-n-z and i'm on twitter one word young matt show but I think, I guess I'm the most active on Instagram and yeah, I guess check me out. And as I was saying earlier in the episode, like maybe just give it a crack. And the fact of being honest with yourself, you know, it might not be the go, but I'm a firm believer in the classic, like you can only succeed by trying. And I think that's, yeah, just having a crack 
that's what I want to leave you with there. Tokens want me to beat. That's it.